Good afternoon. It's Thursday afternoon, day four of AirVenture Oshkosh 2021, and I'm Jack Hodgson with uh, today's Uncontrolled Airspace UCAP Daily. This is 1033 Duo. So let's see what's going on. Well, so we've had some, we had a lot of excitement since the last time I talked to you. Uh, Let's see now. Previously on Uncontrolled Airspace, uh, when I recorded that last episode, we were under a warning for a big thunderstorm, and they were saying it was going to be a big deal, but we were looking around us going, well, I don't see anything. And so we were kind of cautiously skeptical, I guess, Um, slowly making preparations, but waiting and seeing. Well, as the evening progressed, it definitely got more and more serious. The radar blew up and uh, it became a much larger storm on radar and a lot more bright colors and uh, so we started to take it much more seriously started really batting down the hatches um, a late in the evening around I don't know it must have been about 9 p.m. EAA enhanced the whole situation by announcing that they were opening up the museum as a shelter for people who wanted to get out of the uh, campsite particularly the tent people and uh, so they actually brought the shuttle buses back out and started collecting people from the uh, from Camp Scholler and taking them over to the museum. There's some amusing, not amusing, but entertaining pictures out there of people in the museum sitting on the floor gathered around all the exhibits in the EAA museum. Um, so uh, the radar showed the storm getting closer and closer. And then around 10.30, quarter to 11, it it really arrived. Um, And uh, fortunately, it did not turn out to be as destructive a storm as they had forecast, at least not destructive uh, at the the, uh, AirVenture grounds. Uh, We did hear stories of... uh, Places in the in, in the area, particularly Ripon, uh, experienced a lot of uh, damage um, from this particular storm. So we're lucky that it didn't veer a few degrees to one side, or it could have come right down on us. But what we got um, was some heavy rain uh, and some moderately heavy winds. Nothing really destructive. A few tents I saw got blown around, but I, I still haven't heard any reports of airplanes being damaged. Although a lot of airplanes, this is kind of interesting. The uh, warnings were so dire that a lot of people left. Uh, during the afternoon, and so uh, the uh, population was already down somewhat. Anyways, the storm arrived, and here's the part that I think is pretty notable, and that is that now I've been going to Oshkosh for a long time. This was one of the two or three most spectacular lightning shows I've ever seen. I mean, it was amazing. Just big, big bolts of lightning, multiple forking bolts of lightning. Uh, pretty much not, there was a long period of time I swear it must have been a half an hour or more where it was just non-stop lightning flashes one after an overlapping one after another after another. It was really, really quite a light show. Um, the next day, this morning, um, I heard that uh, a lot of people uh, hunkered down at a lot of interesting places. Uh, there were a handful of people who gathered under the cloth or canvas canopy that we have in the middle of Camp Bacon. Uh, we had uh, some people went to one of the uh, there was a, there's a watering hole right next to uh, Camp Bacon, sort of just off the EA grounds. And I heard that a bunch of people were hanging out over there. Obviously, a lot of people went and sheltered in the museum. Um, and I was hunkered down in uh, one of uh, the fellow Camp Bacon's uh, folks trailer. So I was safe and dry there. So the storm went on for quite some time. I mean, this lightning flashing lasted a long time. I think it was probably around midnight or so. 
um, when when it kind of had finally passed, and uh, it was it was quite a storm. It was quite exciting, and uh, uh, if you had a chance to see it, that's something to remember. This is because this one's going to be a storm that people talk about at Oshkosh for years to come. Uh, it was it was kind of exciting, but fortunately, nothing. I'm not aware of any damage. I hope nobody got hurt. I hope no uh, property got damaged, but uh, it was it was quite a thing. The, earlier in the evening, while we were kind of ha- waiting to see what was going to happen, I ran into uh, a friend, uh, Jonathan Hardwick. Um, Jonathan is a longtime friend of the podcast and, in fact, has become a, a personal friend over the years. Uh, he is, uh, back in the early days, you may remember us talking about a pilot who went by the handle of Navion Guy, uh, and that's because he owned a, a Navion a Warbird or, or aircraft. And uh, way back when, he gave Jeb and I some rides in that airplane, and um, that was his sort of his signature at the time. Uh, he uh, long since has... Uh, given up his share of that airplane, but he's owned a lot of other airplanes over the years uh, at different sizes, shapes. It's really kind of amazing the the, the diversity of his airplane, uh, uh, you know, his logbook, so to speak. Um, so I ran into Jonathan uh, in the uh, in the Camp Bacon. He came over to say hi, and we sat for a little while. And I asked him if I could record and ask him a few questions because um, Jonathan is the person who, uh, in the first episode of this uh, daily this year was the unnamed uh, uh, benefactor of mine for the B-25 ride. And uh, he is one of the co-pilots of the EAA uh, Berlin Express B-25. And he's the one who was instrumental in uh, helping me to find an empty seat on that and, and, and get that great experience. And I wanted to talk to Jonathan a little bit about his experience flying that airplane, what it was like to fly, uh, you know, an airplane with a very distinctive size and shape and also a great history. So let's listen in to hear uh, what Jonathan had to say. Hi, Jonathan. How you doing? Hi, Jack. I'm great. How's Oshkosh been for you? You been fun this year? It's been amazing. Yeah? It's good to get back. I, we're going to talk about one thing that's pretty amazing. Are there other amazing things you've been up to this week? Or That one's pretty good, by the way. We'll come back to that in a second. But, okay. Uh, but... Um, reconnecting with human beings has been the best part i think it has been hasn't it yeah 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 Yeah. you have a nice little encampment over here we do we do it's called we call it the compound it's uh our 12th year hosting it Mm -hmm. we have themed dinners and it's a culmination of or it's a group of three different ea chapters that uh i've been a part of over the last Uh 15 years and we all get together and seems like we left a few days ago when we meet back up every year so i know it's, it's, it's really weird to be gone even two years and it still feels like we were here the it other does. day it does yeah. um what cities are these chapters from just uh eaa chapter 974 is from cincinnati ohio and then there's eaa 1560 from chattanooga tennessee and then uh eaa warbird squadron 18 and they're also from cincinnati mm-hmm. so Every time I meet you, every time we get together, I discover another airplane that you either own or you've been flying or you've got your hand in or whatnot. And um, I actually discovered two this time. Maybe another time we'll talk about the first one. Okay. But the one I want to talk about is uh, you are one of the co-pilots for mm-hmm. the EAA B-25, right? I am. Yeah. Yes. How did that happen? How did you get that gig? Well, it fell in my lap, kind of. I... Um I flew at an airline called Comair back in the day out of Cincinnati with a good friend of mine named Mike. And uh, 
he and I have connected over the years because he's a Warbird pilot as well, big enthusiast. And, you know, as our careers have progressed, we've been able to have opportunities to fly other Warbirds. Well, he got involved with the AA and is in charge of the B-25 program. And out of the blue, he called me one day and said, hey, Jonathan, do you want to fly the B-25? It took me a long time to decide if I wanted to do that. Yeah, right. That's that's the uh, way I've been telling a second this. or two or two. Yeah, I think. that's the way I've been telling the story about you asking me for the ride the other. You asked me if I wanted. <laughs> yeah, you want to go for a ride in a B twenty five? You know, it's like why would anybody? Yeah, okay, why wouldn't they not? Um, so yeah, you now just to give longtime listeners some context. You, uh, we first met you. You were going by the handle Navion guy because you were yes. flying your your Navion. I and, uh, I did. I owned a, a Navion, North American Navion, and. Uh, I think I met you guys in either 06 or 07 time frame. That's, yes, that sounds about right. And I, I think we took our ride, actually, in we 09, did. I think it was. I forget what, exactly what year it was, but yeah, mm-hmm. you actually took, a, I think I got a couple of rides. And, you did. Uh, the most notable one was we flew over the other side of the small lake, not Lake Michigan, but the New lake, Holstein. And we went to the, we, we overflew that airport where the Cub thing was Correct. going on. Correct, yeah, New Holstein and flew around and went into formation with one of the cubs and that was a fun, you took a bunch of pictures that yeah. was a fun day absolutely so and then you've also flown let's see I, um, you actually are you own a cub or you've flown a cub you've had access to a cub i used to own a cub i was a flight instructor at jack brown seaplane base in winter haven which uh-huh. flies piper j3 cubs on straight floats mm-hmm. so i i cut my teeth on cubs i, I love cubs yeah yeah um and and you name names or not, but your day job is flying uh, corp- biz jets, corporate jets. Well, I I've, I am on leave since when COVID hit. The uh, airline I fly for, we'll call it Yellow, uh, offered a leave absence. I took a leave, and okay. my previous history prior to airlines was corporate, and I'm still working for a charter company until I go back to the airlines. Got it. The point I'm trying to make here is that you have experience in a lot of different airplanes, large and small. I've been very fortunate, and so I'm cu- curious how you compare the b25 to those um you know what's it like to fly a b25 uh the b25 is an amazing airplane it's i mean as you experienced it's loud and it's powerful and it has a ton of history there's been you know hundreds of heroes thousands of heroes that have flown in this type of airplane and you know it's contributions to the war back in world war ii it's it's a wonderful airplane now compared to a business jet or some other airplanes it may take a little bit extra um, interaction we'll say it's 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 a hands-on airplane as you saw where there's lots of levers and mm-hmm. <laughs> pulleys and things we're touching and moving and but it's it's a wonderful airplane and and to fly such a relic or you know a, a national treasure if you will it's there's you you uh really pay attention i mean i i think my antennas are up much more when I'm flying the B-25 than if I'm taking off in a business jet just because of the uh, scope of what the aircraft right, represents. Right. Now, it is obviously an old airplane, but uh, the, re- the, the refurb re- uh, you know, <clears throat> crew did a great job. It really seems very nice shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you obviously agree with that. It's, I do. Uh, no, it, the EAA, the, the aircraft we're talking about is owned by the EAA. Uh, it was refurbished and back sent back to the line or back to flying status in 2019 i believe it was mm-hmm. and they spared no expense there's a ton of craftsmen that volunteer and are employed by the eaa so it is it's the nicest b25 around in mm-hmm. my opinion it goes and it goes by the name what berlin express berlin express berlin yeah. express um 
do you have uh, 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 dreams for the future of B twenty five flying? What you, so you're you're technically a co pilot now, right? Correct. So there's uh, right now there's probably six or seven um, let's call them captains and six or seven first officers. So uh, captains and co pilots and um, the EAA and a lot of the other com- uh, organizations that operate under what we call the LHFE. It's a uh, it's basically an exemption from the FAA to do rides in old airplanes. Uh, we have standards somewhat like the airlines where you need to fly a certain amount of hours before you can become a captain in the aircraft. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm flying and enjoying it and really honored that I, I'm able to do it. That's and great. Uh, I'll, I'll fly it in the right seat for a few years, I'm guessing. And then if, if I'm lucky, we'll move over to the left seat. Great, great. Yeah. Well, I, I, in the previous episode, I thanked you anonymously for the ride, and I'll thank you personally. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was oh, a real, it was, it was a fun. real treat. Thank you very much. I'm glad you could go. Yeah. One more time, I really want to thank Jonathan for uh, making that opportunity available to me. It's something that I will remember for the rest of my life, and uh, uh, it was it was a blast to get that ride and to uh, get up close and personal with such a historic airplane. Uh, so, uh, thank you, thank you. Anyways, that's about it for today's. Uh, UCAP Daily. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with a little bit different format daily. Uh, UCAP Uncontrolled Airspace Bad Boy, uh, Jim Goldman, uh, will be taking the reins, and he's got uh, a, a, a making finger quotes, a special guest, a secret guest that he's going to uh, bring on to the podcast tomorrow. Uh, Don't get your hopes up. It's fun, but Anyways, um, and, uh, and then we'll be back with one, probably one more episode after that, and that'll probably conclude our uh, AirVenture 2021 uh, coverage this year. So anyways, uh, that's it for tonight. You have UCAP Daily 1033 Duo.